Casa de Monte Cristo in Nashville. It's Brianna and Marcus, and this is Smoking Section. Hey guys, what's up? It's Brianna, the co-host of the podcast. I just wanted to let everybody know before this episode gets started that we were having some technical difficulties with the wireless internet, and the audio quality isn't exactly up to par. However, the interview was, so we're going to air it anyway. Guys, please enjoy this interview with Carrie Barlow. Here we are, another episode. This is going to be a great episode. I can already tell it's going to be fun. Um, we have here today, it's just me, first of all, because Brianna had some dog emergency to take care of today. So it's just me in the Zoom. So um, who we have here today, this guy has written hits for Toby Mac, songs for Taylor Swift. He is the guy behind American Honey. We have here Mr. Kerry. Barlow. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having hey, me, hey, man. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm just praying all these uh, tech, technical uh, computers <laughs> and microphones and everything's going to work today. So uh, That makes two of us. That makes two of us. It's been it's one of those days, so that makes two of us, and hopefully that will uh, not be an issue today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to put it out in the world. We're not going to put it out in the world. We're not going to put out the bad vibes out. We're going to keep it... Keep it <laughs> Keep it positive here. Keep yeah. it positive. So what's been going on? You're, you're not in Nashville. You're, you're where? In Alabama? Yeah, man. I'm in uh, uh, South Alabama, in Orange Beach, Alabama. Um, uh, me and Hillary and our, our baby, uh, we decided to come down here. My, my in-laws, Hillary's parents live here. So, man, we just decided, you know what? If we're kind of going to be sticking around the house for a while, we should go be, be by the water. Beach. Yeah, yeah be, be <laughs> the water. So, I mean, I love Nashville, obviously. And, um, you know, but it's been cool to be be down here. Like, you know, we're fishing and getting in the boat, taking rides. and Got a swimming pool down here. So, it's it's kind of hard to, hard to leave that right now. But, yeah, we've been down here for like two months. So, yeah, I, I was so stunned before we started recording. I'm going to I'm going to visit some family in Virginia. My grandmother doesn't know that I'm coming, um, but I part of me is like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go, and then just kind of like relax because it's like with everything going on, it's like, oh, do I really want to make that drive? And what, I haven't been around anybody, but if I were to have it. Am I going to really risk, you know, being around my grandma? It's like, I really wish I hadn't told my aunt that I was going to come. Yeah. Now, you're like, now you're like, oh, man, now I got to go. Now <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> but no, it's, it's I, I feel like it's because I, I have a co-host, Stormy Warren Show. She's in Alabama as well. I feel like it's going to be kind of a, a blessing to kind of get out of town and get away and just be able to relax. That's a lie. Yeah, I'm not man. relaxing with family. You can't ever relax with family. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me. I know we I've, we're about to do the same thing. Like have a little family reunion, and we it was one of those things where you're like, uh, okay, is this first of all safe for our older parents and everybody to do this? But we decided we're going to do a two week like hardcore everybody don't go anywhere type of thing. And, mm-hmm. You know, some people will probably be against us seeing each other, but uh, I don't know. We, we decided to. Stay hardcore for two weeks and then all get together. So I think I think if you are taking the precautionary steps, then you know at that point in time it really shouldn't matter. My yeah. friend, she she just went to Illinois for her, you know, to celebrate. I guess her grandparents, I think, fifty or sixtieth anniversary. But it's also like the one hundredth year that their family owns this land that oh, they wow. have out there. So she. Uh, She's a writer. A writer. I've been pushing the publishing companies, but she, she went out there and she's like, she quarantined for two weeks, got her test done, you know, everything to make sure that she doesn't have it, so she can go up there and hang with friends and family. And then a lot of friends and family who do have it, they're not coming. So it's like, yeah, you know, you got to take those steps right now, especially when you have the older, older part of the family that's going to be there. Even exactly, if they don't have, yeah, even if they don't have an underlying condition, you got to just be able to, you know, you got to be safe. You got to be smart. You got to be safe. Yeah. You got to be smart. You got to care. And you got to care for the older ones. That's exactly right, man. You're right. So, so you're originally, I, I, I'm from, I'm going to Virginia, but you're originally from Virginia. Good old I am, Lynchburg. man. Good old Elberg, man. Uh, <laughs> still have, I still have uh, my sister and my brother-in-law and my three nephews there. And then lots of childhood friends and lots of memories. My dad was a preacher. So, uh, uh, he, my whole family is from North Carolina, but uh, my dad took a church up there, and I was born. Um, I have two older siblings, but uh, yeah, so I lived there until I was ten years old, and then uh, my dad decided to go back to seminary, 
and moved back to North Carolina, and then, and then uh, he became a police officer after that. So wow. <laughs> took a little turn, so that's how we ended up back in North Carolina, and, you know, from from about uh, fourth grade till I graduated high school, I was back in North Carolina, yeah. And then I moved wow. out here. Moved what, out part here. Of, what part of North Carolina? Uh, well, we moved to, uh, all my family are in the mountains, like uh, okay. Boone, Boone, Lenore, North Carolina, like kind of like the, okay. the area called the Eric Church in front of Yeah, right yeah, yeah. And then, um, but I, I, I uh, was raised in Wake Forest. Right? We're just north of Raleigh. Okay, so my mom yeah. lives in, in Cary, North Carolina right now. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, that, yeah, so I, I haven't been yet, but she lives there now. And uh, so we got a little, got a little, uh, got a little, uh, we got some family ties. That's right. Common ground. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, what year did you, so you were, you, you, you were in North Carolina because I read somewhere that you were in a band with your brothers. I was, man. And, you know, it's so, there's a funny, I'll tell a quick story about that. So, in high school, man, I mean, you know, I was just, all I did was want to play guitar and want to be around music. And, like, I, you know, I was raised in a family where we sang gospel songs and and uh, and stuff like that. But I learned, you know, found out rock music because my older brother had been in rock bands since I can remember in, in different bands and stuff. And about my junior year of high school, we kind of started talking about how I could join the band. And I, I had just been practicing and playing. And I mean, even to the point of where he was sending me music and I was learning lead guitar parts. And like, I've been writing songs, but not seriously, you know, especially back in the, you know, early 2000s, late 90s type of thing. Um, but but really, I just was focusing on, you know, doing on music and uh, and playing with it and learning, you know, classic rock guitar riffs and different things like that. But but when when there was starting to get to serious talk of like, dude, I want you to join the band and like, and I just wanted to be in Nashville so bad and kind of kind of follow my brother's path, you know. And I knew I, I knew I had a passion for music and that I wanted to do it, but uh, I didn't know it would turn out to what I'm doing now. But uh, so it worked out, man, right after I graduated high school, literally the day after I graduated high school, me and my mom packed up in a giant truck and literally just like on a whim. She, my, my parents were divorced at the time and we just, you know, my dad stayed in North Carolina, which obviously great relationship with him still. And, but we, we decided we would just go, you know, just kind of on a whim. And she got a job um, there, and we had, we got like a two bedroom apartment. And I literally two weeks after I moved to Nashville, I was on tour in Europe with my brother's band. It was crazy, man. I mean, you're talking about nerve wracking. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was wow. crazy. And I think my, my parents were felt good about it because I was with my brother. You you're know? with your brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, there's no greater love and no greater support than your family. You know, that's, that's and, right. and when you when you have that behind when you have that foundation that's the foundation that i feel like everyone should have a lot of people don't aren't blessed with that but you know some people that that's the foundation everyone should have where you know that at the end of the day your family has your back no matter what exactly uh, man and, and, that, and that's it, a pure example right that's a prime example of that right there it, totally man and my and my dad and mom both of them were like man follow your dream you and your nathan my brother and, and we had a we had a good ride man i mean we ended up uh touring and I don't even know how many countries. I mean, we went to Europe since I, when I was in the band, probably 11 or 12 times, played huge festivals, 20,000, 30,000 people. Um, we got to tour with Velvet Revolver, um, wow. with a bunch of, bunch of bands, signed with Rick Rubin, put out a record on American Recordings and Sony. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Wow. So that, 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 part, that part is left out everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's crazy. Like, you got to really... I guess now because it's been so long, you gotta kind of do some digging. But there's some pretty funny pictures. Of me. I look way different. I'm about 40 pounds skinnier and a baby face, no facial hair. And yeah, but man, that that's kind of what started it all. And, and, and in that band, me and my brother wrote most of the songs. You know, we had some co-writers here and with our drummer and bass player. But uh, 
I just always had a passion too for like just creating with other artists and other writers and, and being a part of not just what we were doing, but just kind of want to get the creative juices flowing. But like, even if it was a, you know, at the time country felt, I mean, being from the South and my grandparents and even my parents, you know, we, we always listened to country, a lot of classic country and nineties country, but, um, right. but, there, but there was also a lot of, like I said, gospel roots in there. There was a, there was a, you know, everything from the Beach Boys to the Beatles to, to uh, you know, Elvis Presley, you know, a lot of, just a lot of different stuff trickled in there. So, but yeah, man, so as I'm, we're in the band at early ages, um, I think in my early 20s is where, again, we came from the CCM world. Like my brother was in an old mm-hmm. Christian band. And so we had a lot of the, the Christian music ties. And uh, that's how my brother uh, went to Liberty and my sister did. So I, I, they knew Toby Mack and Michael Tate and Kevin Max from DC Talk. And it just it just kind of flew. If, um, you know, our, my relationship with those guys turned into me getting a publishing deal with Toby. Toby signed me. And, right. And it started out with me just playing guitar. He would hire me to play guitar on his records. So it, I wasn't even writing. Like, I was just like, I mean, at a young age, I would, they would call me and be like, dude, we want you to come play on the song. And, and that's that's how my relationship with Toby started was he obviously knew my brother and they had right. played shows together and stuff. But, um, but as far as him, you know, kind of seeing that there was something there or whatever and, and you know, started, started playing and then that turned into us co-writing together with um, Jamie Moore, who is from that world that now is writing country hits too now. You know, it's a small world, man. It's crazy. That's a small world. And yeah, Jamie, Moore, Jamie Moore still plays in church in Church Oregon. Oh, and if you <laughs> get the time to go see him at Temple Church, it is yeah, unreal. It is Love unreal. I, I've seen it. So I went there and not realizing that he was the... the organ player there and I'm like oh. I'm sitting there and I'm like is that Jamie and yeah. I texted a mutual friend I'm like does Jamie play organ in his church oh, he's yeah. like yeah and I'm like oh my god so it doesn't matter how much success you have you always go back to that foundation oh, that, man, that's you go back got to the roots man all I mean, the time like you have like you stay true to your roots so and, and you, can try, great. you can try to run from it too it, it, yeah. you ain't you're gonna get you're very run, far you're not running back trust me it's in your soul and you know, God's got that heart. You ain't, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you ain't going. You ain't going nowhere. You're not going anywhere. So here's my question. So you 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 joined with uh, you got signed to Pub Day with Toby Mac. Who are you? What what PR are you with right now? Are you with are you with ASCAP? I'm actually with in the beginning in those years uh, uh-huh. the the e, the EMAC goatee years. I was with ASCAP. Um, okay. Uh, I ended up so I was signed to Toby for three years. Um, I ended up I'd always wanted to put my feet in country music. I didn't know exactly what that meant, but like I said, uh, and country music was shifting. Like I said, I loved all the classic country, the the Johnny Cash's right. to the George Strait's to all that. But but as country was kind of shifting a little bit sound wise and different things, um, I just kind of took a risk, man. It was like, I love, I'm so grateful and thankful for all these years, but I wanted to see if, um, see if I could publish it, you know, potentially get a, get a country publishing deal. And um, so that's when, you know, at the time, my record, the Lemon Halo album had come out, which was a pop rock, pop rock album. I had this Christian music stuff going, but I wanted to like, see if I could, you know, throw another yeah. curveball in like, yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, and uh, Jesse Frazier um, found me um, and took me to Bob Doyle at Major Bob, Garth's manager. And man, I was signed there for 10 years. It's wow. crazy. I didn't realize you were signed yeah. signing that long. I knew, yeah, I knew you were signed over there. It's, ama- it's amazing how many people, that's one person I definitely wanted to show is Bob Doyle because it's amazing how many people he's actually, he's actually touched as far yeah, as you know what I mean, as far as career yeah. wise, and, and had a finger in their career, it's and it, because obviously the biggest one is Brooks, obviously. But yeah. you know, I never knew, like I knew you were Major Bob, but I didn't know, I didn't know that that was the extent of the story with that. Yeah, man. So it's crazy, and and at the time, you know, here's another kind of funny story on those on those same topic. Like at the time, Jesse, who is now crushing, I it, you know, himself. yeah, um, <laughs> Jesse. Um, was just my song player. So, but but I knew I knew Je- Jesse would be in there making like DJ tracks and club mm-hmm. mixes and like he had been doing that since college. And uh, and believe it or not, I got Jesse 
involved with Toby and Jesse's first cut was a Toby Mac song. We had it. We ended up having a number one together. Yeah. So like wow. my, my, my song plugger turned like awesome track writer, you know, like, you know, it was crazy. And now fast forward, I'm now signed to Jesse's company, Rhythm House with Rock Nation and Warner Chapel. Mm-hmm. So crazy, man. That is crazy. That is, that's insane how, how it's a full circle. It's all it whole. really is, man. It just, you know, what we do is, is not easy. Uh, some people make it look easy. And, and I think, you know, the, the one negative thing about social media and things like you see is highlight reels. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you know, nobody posts the failures and the no's and the downs. Because let me tell you, whether you're on the tip top of the mountain and you're just crushing it, even those people and those writers who are my peers and friends still have days where you're like, ah, oh, you feel like you're yeah, getting yeah. kicked in the face, you know? Or, yeah, you, you still know. get your, like, you, like, and I think Tim Nichols said that as well in one of the episodes we're going to have. Uh, a guy like Tim Nichols, you know, he's still getting big artists saying no to songs that he gets pitched, that he's pitched, oh, that he's wrote. absolutely, so, man. So, and you know, guys like you and Craig Wiseman and Jamie Moore and things like that, it's like, it's still, people have to understand that there's going to be a daily basis. You're still getting told no. You may have, you, you've just been blessed, and I would, I would dare to use the word lucky, but you've been blessed to be able to have the hits and the cuts that you've had already. Oh, already. Absolutely, man. And, and, you know, and it's it's still like it gives you a drive. Like when you get a little taste of a success, you know, you're going to want to uh, keep going. And then, but also, you know, I think a big thing is uh, being uh, happy for our friends and peers when they have success and, and mm-hmm. not holding a grudge or being like, oh, man, I, mm-hmm. that sounds okay, but I wish I had that, you know, because. I'm not gonna lie. We've all, I'm sure everybody could say that, but uh, man, and, and you know, the, it's a ladder, man. There's there's people that are, oh my gosh, you said Craig. I mean, I can't, I can't even be in the same conversation as Craig. I mean, as many hits as he had, and the Ashley Gorleys, and who are all friends and so talented. And, uh, mm-hmm. But you know, no matter what level that you're on as a writer or artist, whether you're the Luke Bryans or the Aldeans or or you're the new guy, or you're in the middle, or you've been doing it for a while. The fact that if you're in the game at all doing music, man, we need to thank God and be grateful because we get to do what we love for a living, man. And, and, right. so, and I know there, there's a, there's those struggle years where it's so hard, you know? And even in the right. radio side, like yourself, man, I mean, I'm sure you've got a crazy story, you know? like of how you got yeah. to where, where you are, you know? Yeah, it, it's been, it's definitely for me, it's definitely been, I mean, it's my, my story has been like 10 years in the making, which is crazy. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's like, it, it's like a 10-year like town in, in, in Nashville, Tennessee, but it's a 10-year town in every aspect of the music industry. Every it, it, it's not like, oh, it's one route, you can go faster, or, or there's not an express lane. Everyone no. is, everyone is rolling the same speed. And just, right. it's just, it's just a matter of, okay, you got lucky before I did, or whatever. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's harder than me, or I worked harder than you. You just happen to get yeah. lucky before I did, or meet the right person before I did. Yeah. That's all fine, well and good. It, exactly, totally, man. Or, or like you know, like you said, somebody's older and they've been they've been here before you, so their right. path is going to look different. It's the whole game changes, man. As you know, yep. year to year, it's like yep. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, and and right now, fast forward to you know 2020 when we're all there's a big wrench and a curveball thrown to all of us where it's like, doesn't matter if you're on the tip top A-list, writer, artist, whatever, mm-hmm. it's like everything's to a halt and that affects and, everybody, you know? And, and that is exactly, I think, and I think right now, at least what I can say for excluding for the music industry, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking about society, but just for music industry in general, we're all even playing fields. We all can't travel, we all can't tour, we all have to work, we all can't go into the office, we're all working from home, we're, yeah. like, you know, so it's everyone, we're all Zoom writing, we're all Zoom interviewing yeah. and recording, so it's like everyone right now is on in the music industry is on an even playing field. It doesn't matter at this point how long you've been in the business, how you know, how far ahead in your years you are, how more experienced yeah. you can be to someone else. You are in the same boat. Yeah. We're all Which, we're all right now in the same Titanic, just hoping that it doesn't sink. You're right. In in a weird in a weird weird way it's kind of a beautiful thing. You know what I yeah. mean? That that, yeah. that no no matter how many zeros you got in your bank Yep. or don't have in your bank, 
we're all in this, you know? We're all, we're all in this right now. We're all yeah. even playing field. And I think people don't realize that right now, or they do realize it, they just don't want to acknowledge it. But I think people, a lot of people, some people don't realize that, that, you know, you can't do, you can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can't change the mind or anybody. I'm not in person. I can't, I can't go and buy you dinner. I can't go and buy you drinks to get you drunk to say no. yes to, to say yes to, to make a decision totally. on a contract yes. or something. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no persuading or smoozing going on right no. now. Not at all. I mean, it just, it just doesn't look like life for all of us in the whole, on the whole planet does not look like it did this time last year. So let's talk about uh, your first country cut. Man. Your, your first country cut was from the biggest star today. Man, it, was, <laughs> it literally just like fell in our laps. I mean, it goes, it goes, it goes back to the rock band. Uh, we wrote uh, this album. Uh oh, there's my little girl. She's, hey, minute, Daddy's doing an interview. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, well, go see mommy. Go see mommy, and she'll give you a special treat or something. It's marshmallows. She she's on Instagram and gets way more likes and videos than uh, comments than anything I ever post. So, <laughs> so it, it only it only it only was like, yeah that she had a she had to make an entrance. Hey, sure. Adam 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 Amber did his kid the same exact thing and it's hilarious. It's like, funny. You can it, it's crazy because it's like I, the whole thing is to show people how human everyone is and it's like this is like the um, best content. Hey, there's a lot of a lot of human. Stick around us for a while. You'll see a lot of human. Here we go. Yeah, baby, they're recording Daddy talking. Daddy, Mr. Marcus. Daddy. All right, well, maybe you need to try to go sit on the potty. No, I already did. Oh, you already did? Was it successful? Did it work? No. Oh, well. I ate too much marshmallows. You ate too much marshmallows. <laughs> All right, we're going to go see Mommy, and I'll come check on you. Sure. Good. All right, she got to She's a girl. She's a girl. <laughs> Oh, my uh, she's she's she wanted, she wanted, she wanted daddy, she wanted daddy's attention. <laughs> she said, "Don't laugh at me." I'm sorry, baby. I love you. Go better. Go better. We'll go swimming in a little bit. Bennett, Hillary, please get her. I'm doing an interview. I mean, that, that's just real life. I mean, Hillary just wrote a song with Luke Bryan this morning. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy. That's just but the way real, it is. Real life, real life, man. It's yeah. like. That's just the way that, it is. It's like that's that. Exactly, man. It's nuts. As human. So we're talking about uh, Untouchable with Taylor Swift. Untouchable with Taylor Swift. Uh, it happened. It like fell in our laps, man. Um, well, actually, yeah. Let me say this. Scott Borchetta. Before we ended up signing with Rick Rubin doing all that, Scott Morchetta found us, a rock band from Nashville, and was like, I've got to do something with y'all. And this is pre, at this moment, this is pre-Big Machine. There was no Big Machine. Wow. Uh, Big Machine was probably a dream for him at, at the time. He was right. working He was working uh, at DreamWorks uh, with J James Stroud. Yeah. And, and so he found this, our band, and was like, I want to work with y'all, whatever that means. So he was able to get us like $30,000 to go in and do a demo session on Music Row um, with a, with one of me and my brother's fans, uh, a guy from Murfreesboro named Matt Mahaffey. He was in this band back in the 90, late 90s or, um, uh, called Self, band called Self. And they were he, he went on to work with Beck, and he's had crazy success. But uh, so he produced – our four, three, three song EP. Well, Untouchable was one of those songs. So wow, that fast forward to us, you know, a lot of ups and downs and playing clubs and you know touring the South and uh, uh, got us ended up getting uh, our our deal with uh, with Rick with American Recordings. Um, yeah. After we made that album, Scott Borchetta gave a copy of it to Taylor Swift, and I know I'm jumping through some years, and obviously in that period. Uh, Scott had started Big Machine and it was yeah. taken off, taken off with Taylor. And um, 
So the whole thing with the song started with her um, as she was starting. It, it was the Fearless album. Um, she was she was recording something for gosh at the time it might have been like one of those like AOL sessions or something like that you know where it's like yeah. broken down her and acoustic well they they said we need you to pick a cover song and and sing it well out of all the covers in the world she picks this band from Nashville song called uh, Little Halo Untouchable yeah it was crazy man and, and we were just like what is going on and, and scott was like y'all this girl is huge she's blown up I mean, at the time she had already had success with even before fearless right. in country but it was this you know going and going and going and um one of the coolest things with the song i mean even the fact she recorded it all uh was amazing uh but she sang it on saturday night live and that was just like i remember we were at our you we got your at, song sang on saturday night live uh, wow yeah. And and we saw it. We saw we were actually with our buddy from Kings Leon, Jared, uh, at his house, and we all sat around the living room, and we were just like, "What?" You know, like. And it, she she made it her own. She stripped it down, and like, because uh, our version is very, like I said, pop rock and kind of in your face. And right. She right. stripped it down with this acoustic vibe. So yeah. Anyways, all that to say, uh, it was that was a pretty cool start um, as far as jump starting the. Uh, did that lead to you meeting her? Yeah, yeah, we met her, especially in those years. Um, right. You know, and, and, and got to hang out with her some after after those years a little bit here and there. But, uh, but yeah, man, uh, always such a cool girl. And we were just like, can't believe you did that song and, and, and oh did, it so, did it so well and made it her own, you know. So that was a very cool kind of getting our foot in the door in, that, in, in the country world. So you got your your first country. You wanted to be in country. You did pop rock. You, you did the you did the the Christian Christian uh, thing. thing, and you wanted to get in country. So you, you started writing. You started. You got your first cut, which the biggest star at the time. Yeah, and and still to this day, it's one of the biggest stars. Yeah, um, your first country cut. Then. <laughs> you then, got um, you got you got your uh, <laughs> the signature one of the signature songs one of two signature songs yeah man I mean Amer American Honey Amer came American out a couple, Honey a couple I mean my first three years of being Major Bob um, those songs there was a couple you know smaller yeah. things happening yeah. in there but uh but uh yeah Lady A I mean it was right off the success of Need You Now the album yeah. dropped and that song just put them all over the world I mean literally and um and uh, I got to give credit to Mike Doyle Bob's son he he was mm -hmm. also my song plugger at the time he walked he walked I copy back when before you had mp3 really i mean i guess they were around but um he walked a copy of a cd of american honey the demo we made me uh hillary and shane wrote that song in gatlinburg tennessee in one of those cabins we did like a three-day writing retreat right, right it was snowing outside and you know the title came from uh from the bottle of whiskey uh that uh wild turkey yep. Yep. And, uh, and that's where our song title came and uh anyways fast forward to us just writing the song we came back to the Nashville and um, at the time I didn't even know how to do Pro Tools or nothing like I, I can now but so Jesse recorded us and kind of put that loop behind it uh, you should hear the demo it's pretty pretty stripped down it's crazy you, you got like, to me to you got to I will <laughs> I will man it's just like me on acoustic and a little like boom boom boom, boom. And then the guitar riff coming in, and, and wow. of course Hillary, Hillary Lindsay singing the uh, the vocals, mm -hmm. and me, me and Shane put uh, two to our both harmonies on it. And but anyways, uh, Mike walked into the studio to, uh, to Paul Worley, and Charles was like, "What is this?" You know, and so it's crazy, man. It's one of those things where we, I, I, you know, we knew they were cutting at the time. Um, but man, when something works out like that, that's not planned and this, it just all works out. The fact that we did that demo in the back of Major Bob, Mike walked the CD over to Charles and Paul and they flipped out on it. And, and then also the timing, like I said, of being right mm -hmm. after Need You Now. And man, it was a blessing, man. It's crazy because it's not, you know, it's one of those songs now where, you know, they cannot leave the stage without singing that song. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. And, and, you know, still to this to this day, you know, uh, 
seeing them play it live and hearing everybody sing it, it's that just never gets old. No matter what what song you've written, that's that's gone to do something. I mean, it's the best feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a, that's definitely an evergreen song, and it's definitely gonna be around for a long, long period of time. You know, Man, like I said, they can't. It's, it's almost, it's almost. I hate this comparison, but it's almost like they're Kenny. It's like they're Kenny. Like Kenny Chesney has she takes my tracks for sexy as much as you know, <laughs> as much as he hates that song, he can't leave the stage He's, without singing that song. Like, there's some songs artists you just like you got you got to play. I mean, you got to play. Like, Garth can't leave the stage without singing "Phrases Little Places." You can't. Oh, people would be like, "What? What?" You know, it'd be an uprising. Yeah, like I, that's when a protest gonna start. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Crazy, you, know, you can't. You just can't. So let's start the day you found out that was going to be that was going to be it that went to number one because that oh, was dude. your first that was, was that your first number one hit uh in, in country in, genre. in country yeah yeah, in country. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah man i mean oh dude it was i mean i'm sure i was crying and freaking out and especially the first time i heard it on the radio and then you know watching it climb the charts and be like this might work this might work you know and i think it was a, a couple week number one too uh so man yeah, it was just, and the fact that it was with my friends and with hillary who now now, um, you know, fast forward is now my, my baby mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, no, it, it's crazy. And we we've gone on to have some other songs recorded that we've written together, which has been cool. And, and Shane, so talented, he's done a lot of killer stuff. But but man, anytime you get to do a you know write a song with your friends and that it goes on to have legs, man, it, it's a coolest thing, man. It really is. Yeah, with your friends and with your wife, it's it's uh. I mean, I can only imagine. What I would love to see is a Tim McGraw and Faith Hill love song cut by cut that was written by Carrie Bar- just Carrie Barlow and Harry Lindsay. I, I would love that too. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep let's keep putting out there. We're gonna, we're gonna put that in the universe. We're gonna put, put that, that out there. there. I love I it. I know. I know for a fact some of Tim's team members actually listen to the, listen to the podcast. So if you, when you do listen, maybe you can pass that along. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we will be. We will be. Uh, we're gonna keep that in the back of our minds for sure. Yeah. We're yeah. Gonna, that's that's definitely that definitely needs to happen. So. With well, all the genres you've written, how has your process? Because I'm sure there's a different process for each genre. So how does each? How does it differ from each genre? Man, honestly, I mean, I think there's a different process for each day. Literally, like I just genre. I think each mm-hmm. day is different because. To me, different combos, when you mix different people and different talents and different um, people are going to do different things and be better in certain areas. And, and that's going to be able to pull something out of you or you give them something that, mm-hmm. that might might feed them. Like, for instance, you know, if you're writing with a guy like Tom Douglas, we're going to let him control the lyrics that day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, let's right. just, the right. is a, he's not even a poet. He's a wizard. I mean, he's you know, a wizard. He's a lyrical <laughs> wizard. So we're going to do what we can musically and melodically to support and, and offer up some lines and dish out what we can to inspire somebody like that. And I'll use him as an example because I've been in that situation with him before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but and, and there's going to be other days where, you know, you, somebody's going to, you know, if we're writing a song today, you might throw out this title. And I'm like, yes. I mean, I didn't have any titles or whatever. And where I, might play a, I might play a guitar riff that you're like, you might just start singing this melody that's beautiful and fits that vibe. So, I, I mean, um, so uh, I think that goes along with all genres, man, whether it's Christian, pop, country, anything. I mean, even the song I wrote yesterday, um, you know, we, we listened to several tracks that were finished. Um, I wrote with Jesse and uh, a girl named Sasha Sloan, who is a brilliantly talented pop writer but also she can dip her toes everywhere too um, right right but it was but it was one of those things like we listen to some days you listen to a bunch of tracks and and then some days you throw out titles and it just it's all different man but i, I think in general and what what i've uh experienced for myself whether it's a nick jonas camp out in LA and out in la or or a national session or a christian session they all kind of go hand in hand and, and even though musically it's going to sound different or lyrically it's still the process is going to be one way or the other, A, A, right. B, or C, you know? Like. Right. 
Do you uh, so. think? Do you think that this is probably going to be a simple question? But do you think that it is beneficial for people to be able to not just seclude? Because I know there's a lot of writers who do who, who go and do this, seclude themselves just to one genre of music, and it may work for them. It may, you know. Um, but man. you think that you think that's a you think it's a smart idea to be able to dabble? I, I mean, I personally get it. What's your input on it being? You you should have the ability to be able to write any genre man honestly my favorite thing is putting people that on paper make zero sense i mean literally like put me with a rapper and i guarantee you we're gonna have fun i mean something cool is gonna come out it might not be like the hippest thing on the block but it's gonna be left to center and different you know right. what i mean or or put put you know mix a christian artist with you know what what chris tomlin just did with uh this christian well, album. Okay. yeah yeah you know or, or uh or you know, there's all kinds of things where you put a country artist with pop artists. I mean, uh, I mean, shoot, Little Nas X and uh, you know that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, like I, I love if you're a fan of music and just love being creative. I, I think it's better to be wide open and do things. Obviously, I think you're gonna have people are gonna have the areas where they probably fit. Better, but every now and then, man, it's good to just shake it up and try something new, try something different, try writing with a group of people that you might have not, you might not either want to or, or it doesn't make sense. But you never know, man. A lot of times there can be some cool stuff that come out of it, even that, when on paper it doesn't make sense. That's a great mindset because I feel like there's a lot, of, it, and I feel like there's a lot of writers who, and I get why, you know. But I feel like there's a lot of writers who stay within a certain circle and only write in that one circle as opposed totally. to taking the time. Like I know Tim Nichols takes the time and actually write with new artists and new writers and things like that. But I feel like yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot more. He, I feel like he's, he might be one of the rare gems that do that. Yeah. And, instead of they just go and just, a lot of writers just go and just write with their level of writers that oh, are very successful instead of, Hey, let me go to the, let me go to some new writers, some that, may not have a pub deal some that do have a pub deal because something yeah. something i think something might come out of that i think that's the thing with tim nichols and yourself as well you, you've gotten to the point where it's like these these new up-and-coming writers they may have a twist on something they might have a fresh view or a fresh melody right. or a fresh lyric that's like whoa that's cool i haven't heard it said like that or i haven't right i haven't heard a melody vibe like that in a while or, or whatever it is you know and uh, right yeah because i mean to be honest every new artist that has a, a song that breaks out somebody took a chance on them you know yeah. I, I mean you know what i'm saying there's somebody yeah. who said you know what you know unless there's an outside song that somebody heard a hit and they're like oh man i want to do that which that still happens obviously which is right which is awesome but um but somebody believes in somebody you know like like you know when there's a when there's a sam hunt or there's a whoever it is you know somebody's going to give them a chance you know if it's a, a successful person a, a publisher or a producer or a writer or someone or a label person you know it, it's not always going to be the ones on top tip top top all the time because mm -hmm. unfortunately just like um sports there'll be a day when the tip top it can only be michael jordan for so long i mean, I mean no offense i mean i no, mean you're still, you're still michael true. jordan but but yeah. uh the, your your yeah. time your time is is, is is your time has gone. Your sun your sunset has happened. You've and done it. You, you've left your mark on the world, and it's been yeah. amazing. But but there's here comes the the twenty year old. You know, yeah. or less. Yeah, eighteen year old. Yeah, exactly. Know. No, and that's crazy because I, I just because like I, I you know I'm pushing one of these one of these writers now and. Boy, I can't tell you, I, me because I'm I'm also still learning the publishing side of things as well in this industry. So because yeah. I've done just about everything, but management and publishing, but I'm yeah. so I'm still learning it myself. But being able trying to get her into these bigger rooms, not even just bigger rooms, but just someone to someone who has had a little success because she's had some cuts, but wasn't a major artist. But just to get into so a little bit of success where you know. Maybe someone has a cut with a Mickey Gaines or a Jimmy Allen or a Lady A or, you know, something along those lines where, okay, where it might not necessarily have been a single, but it's a cut. Yeah. And it's even tough getting people in, getting people in the room that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is, man. I mean, it, you know, it's almost like, okay, someone, somebody in the music business has have they, they've gotten in the circle. You know, they, they're accepting. Yeah. So now 
you, you know, I just feel like there's a natural like wall that starts being put up that you're like, okay, we're not gonna let them in just yet. Let's see if they start making a making some waves, and then yeah, we'll yeah. then we'll start opening up the door a little bit and being like, come on, I in, know, you know. I know I noticed that I have a friend who, and I and I, I, I I'm calling myself out here. I have a friend who is trying to get in, and I'm and I'm noticing myself like yeah. put that wall, and that's not on purpose. It's just it's just a habit of people in the industry where we really don't dare I say fuck with you <laughs> yeah I mean you know? that's right yeah. I, I, until like you have a buzz or just you've proven yourself to be in the community with us you're exactly right man I mean you're, I totally I see it all the time and, and I have been yep. on the outs- I've been on the outside of that wall yep. and, and I've been on the inside of the wall I've been, well. on, the I've, I've, wall. I've been on both sides and I, I think yeah. I think it's a matter of everyone just trying to let's see how hard you can really work. Like, because if you work as hard to get your ass in, then that means you're going to work as hard to keep your ass in it. Exactly. And here's another thought. Once you're in that first level wall, there's about a thousand more walls. There's walls I'm still trying to get in that I'm yeah. like, man, come on. Let me yeah. just, I mean, you know me, yeah. we're friends. Let me get in there, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Because the walls, the walls don't stop. It doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. And, I, and that goes to Scott Borchetta. That goes for, you know, John F. Zito. That goes for Craig Wiseman. Th- those walls don't stop once even even the amount of success you have. Mm-hmm. Those walls, because there's going to be someone that's higher than you at success level. Yeah. That you're always going to try to get to. Like right now, Jay-Z is there. Beyonce oh. is there. <laughs> At yeah. some point in time, as you're elevating, they're still going to elevate. So you're chasing after them where they're – those two – I'm using those two because they're, like, prime example of, like, there's, like – they're just going to continue. They're tip, tip, top. They're going to continue elevating. They're going to continue being there for God knows how long because they're kind of untouchable. No pun intended. Right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and, then, and, I, and there's a and there's a natural a natural yeah. thing where you keep your people close. You know, yeah. and you, you and you don't let people in, whether that's Jay Z or Beyonce or your label or radio or exactly. an artist. Or, you're right, man. You're totally exactly. right. Exactly. But then once you once you're in, once you're in. Once yeah. you're in the community we're a family you're right man and it could be very frustrating to be outside of that wall and be yeah somebody listen to this demo or, or put me on the radio or, yep. or give me a job or whatever it is in the music industry i mean golly i can tell you i mean and like we said there's even when you're in it's still a ladder it's, it's still, still a ladder. it's still you're still knocking down trying to get knocked down the bricks and like get your song listened to, pitching songs on artists, you know. I mean, during quarantine, I'll be honest, I've directly pitched songs and ideas to artist friends, and it's like, crickets yeah. and you're like you're like dang it like sh- maybe i shouldn't have sent that song maybe that song sucks or like yeah. maybe maybe um maybe they were on a fishing trip or hanging with their buddy or their family and i shouldn't have sent you know you're getting your head about stuff but man you know sometimes you just got you got to take risks man take chances because no matter where you are like you said on your success level whether you're at the tip top of the mountain you're still gonna hear you're still gonna um hear no and you're gonna, gonna hear no yeah and things aren't gonna work out like like you, you, you hope for, and uh, but you can't give up, man. You gotta keep rocking, you know. You gotta keep rocking. You gotta keep rocking. So yeah, as, as, as we're wrapping this up, here's my here's my question for you. You've written a lot of songs. You you you've had number one. I, I mentioned American Honey. What I didn't mention is that he, you've written where where it's at for Dustin Lynch, and you've written you've written uh, it doesn't hurt like it used to, Billy Kerr, which I didn't know until I read until I researched on you that you had wrote that song because I fucking love that song. I feel like Billy Kerr. I feel like Billy Kerr. Billy Currington is a very like radio friendly no matter what he puts out it's going to eventually go number one if it doesn't go number one it's at least going to catch on everyone's like oh shit this is a good song he's such a good singer man and he, he's yeah. become a, a great friend and uh, I'm still man and I, I you know the guy's got he's got an awesome life because he'll he'll come on when he wants and make make waves and then he'll Literally, uh, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll be yeah. riding away. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, the dude, the dude loves the beach and the water, and but still can be 
in the music industry and, and work hard when he wants to. And then he can take off and go to Hawaii and chill, chill at the beach where he lives in Tybee Island, too. It's awesome. It's, it's, ama- it's amazing how, you know, that's kind of a longevity career for me. At this point, what is he, 11, 12, number one? Oh, easily. You know, yeah. easily, you know, as an artist. And a lot of people just to get the first 10 number ones are bust out of a row, busting their ass. And that's not saying that he's not, but he, he, like you said, it's a come and go thing. He's got other passions, you know, he has I, other res- passions. I, res- I respect that. His world yeah. doesn't just revolve around. Yeah. I got to have hits and I got to have, the dude lives his life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of people just getting, I'm, I'm watching a couple of friends, you know, try to get their first number ones or their third number ones or their fourth number ones. And it's just like, you're out busting your ass nonstop. Like this, this, so hard, this man. has to be your. This has to be your primary. Blood, sweat, tears. Yeah, yeah. 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 This has to be hours it. Twenty-four hours a day. You know, uh, and with him, it's like here's a gym for you. Go ahead and play that if you want to. You're right. Go ahead and spend that. If you don't, cool. If you don't, fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. But, but then, it, but then he'll drop one on you, and you're just like, oh my lord, and it's just like. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about it. That's why I'm like, if you want if you want to make money, get your Billy Carrington head because one, it's going to be on the charts for a while. <laughs> Slow but burner. two, it's going to definitely get your number one head. <laughs> Crazy, man. <laughs> so Crazy, have, man. Your royalty check is going to be up there, you know. So what has been your favorite song to write? Oh my gosh. Because these are like yeah, kids. Songs, are, songs for songwriters are like your kids. So do you have a favorite child? <laughs> nah, that is a very hard and tricky question question um honestly i mean there, there are songs that are like that just come out in the regular just like meet 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 at a nashville studio or, or one of our writing rooms and knock them out and those are great and they go on to have some success mm-hmm. whatever that is um but the ones i think that make waves that have some kind of story like whether that be like maybe we were sitting on the back of a bus in the middle mm-hmm. behind you know i mean uh, Raised on Country for me was one of those. Uh, we were in um, St. Augustine, Florida. Me, uh, Corey Crowder, and Christian for, for a weekend. And, uh, you know, that song, I thought song was just the whole thing was so special because uh, we were on Chris, Chris's tour and um, literally before sound check, you know, that morning he wakes yeah. up, probably 10 or 11, we start writing. Um, but, you know, he's got to be done. So he can go meet and greet and, uh, you know, sound check and this and that. And so we start writing, you know, we knock out the song probably in a couple hours. Well, then me and Corey are like focusing on building the track um, for, for Chris to, he's already kind of saying a scratch or something, but he can come back and sing to it or whatever. Um, so, so while he's out there sound checking with the band and, and getting ready for the show, we're working on the track. That way, when he comes and hears it, he's excited about it, hopefully. And uh, that man, that worked out. And, you know, we brought our laptops and our guitars and basses in the back of this tour bus. And dude, come to find out what you heard on the album was on the back of that bus. I mean, from I, the guitar was done like literally just straight into the, you know, the Apollo twin and like, wow. it was all done. So when you hear the down in the back of the bus, uh, the only thing they redid, they, uh, Chris re-sang it like in Corey's proper studio, but, right. but all, but everything else pretty much was done like right there. That's so, crazy. That's like, uh, so you know, Ready Travis put out a new song. Okay. Called uh, Fool's Love Affair. And I haven't heard that yet. It was written and recorded 25, 30 years ago. Oh, oh okay. But it's he, they, like, they, the person who wrote it just found it and, you know, that decided to go ahead and they went ahead and released it and things like that for wow. Randy's music. So, but what I found out about it was, is that the vocals on it was the demo vocals that was just mixed and mastered for the recording 25, 30 years ago. Wow, man. And it was a demo, I think from what I, and I I'm, don't quote me, but I think it was the demo before he got any kind of deal whatsoever. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's amazing how, you know, some of these classics and even, even especially with Chris Young, how the things can, nowadays with technology, you can record something on the back of the fucking bus. Oh, I mean, dude, I'm in the the kid bunk room here at the the, uh, the beach, you know, and it's like, 
I mean, I got my speakers and my guitars and basses here. And yeah. just the fact that we can make music like this now and, and then realize, like, all right, well, we need some live drums or live, either you can send files right. off. To, like you right. said, te- technology and Pro Tools. Technology is making it amazing. Is, I mean, Michael Ray is recording from home now for his new album. Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, it's, like, it's like, come on. The stuff that you can do now is, and we're all thankful that we can still, like we said earlier, keep working, um, especially mm-hmm. in, in a day and age with all this going on right now. Going on. One more question. Um, is there such thing as a perfect song? Oh. Golly. I mean... Because you always try you always try to, you know, to up the ante. So as you're up the ante, is there, is, is there a level that, golly, you're trying, that you're trying to hit, that you're trying to get to? I mean, I'm not going to say I've ever been a part of a perfect song. <laughs> Because, you know, especially with people's opinions, like there's, yeah. there's some people that might hate everything I've been a part right. of or, or whatever. Right. Um, but I have taste of songs that I wish I had been a part of that I think are perfect songs, 100%. Um, okay. you, know, it's not, you know, as far as me, like, thinking you can go and write the perfect song, I don't think it's a mindset like that. I think I think a, a beautiful song that you believe in, you and your co-writers mm-hmm. believe in, because, ha- you know, that's the thing with songs. It has to start with you and your co-writers. To, to, it's got to feel perfect to you before it can feel perfect to the world and to artists and to labels and everybody else, you know, in the mm-hmm. public. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, I've, you know, I can name a couple off, even in our genre. I mean, not like the house that built me, that's a pretty perfect song. I mean, you know what I mean? I, but, you know what? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that because, and I think that's a common opinion in our, in our country community where it is. I mean, Tom Douglas, I mean, Tom Douglas hit that out in the park, hit it out the universe with that song. And it's just like him and Alan Chablin. Yeah. It's it's like everyone, that song that everyone can relate to. That's a song. That's a, that's a true, true country song. Just, I mean, just so descriptive and the thing about it, it relates to every single one of us. Every single one. So, I mean, that, that's, and then, you know, of course, I think we could all go through every genre, whether it be hip hop or pop or gospel or soul or blues and name those songs that, I, I think the ones that reach people and touch people and speak to them, you know, there, there's a lot of different um, definitions of a perfect song, you know, so yeah. um, there's a ton of them, but. All right. Well, it's been yeah, great. Man. Thank you so yeah. much for having I, me. I, I, like, I, uh, our internet worked. Internet worked the entire time. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming. This has been, this has been phenomenal. Uh, I didn't, realize, so I didn't realize how many mutual friends we had until I realized the other day when you were in a group message. I'm like, it, uh, yeah, came, exactly. it came up, said, it came with my phone that said, maybe Carrie Barlow. I'm like, what? You're like, who is that? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, I saw you on that chain. I was like, oh my gosh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a small, it's a small town. Man. It's it really a small is. town. It's a small town. Uh, the person we were helping Dwayne actually was the co-host of this show. Oh, uh, that's awesome! Before everything went down, so, um, but yeah, so that's that's now I'm I'm happy that you've been on. I'm I'm extremely extremely grateful for you coming on. This has oh, been man, phenomenal. Thank you so much Seriously. for asking me and hanging and uh, and uh, man, it's just it's so cool that you know sometimes even when you talk about your past and you just hear things coming out, you're like, oh my gosh, that really did happen, you know? It really happened. You, you, you kind of yeah, you kind of go back and. And you're like, man, I don't know. I'm just very grateful, like I said, to just still be somewhat in the game, you know. It's a lot of fun. I'm still having fun, so that's what matters. As long as you continue to have fun, you'll continue. You continue to keep going on. That's the that's the key to being is to longevity. Yes, Stay sir. Yeah, exactly. When you start having a good time, that's when you should go ahead and hang the boots up. That's when you need to take a take a turn, do take something else. Yeah. Take a turn. So be safe, great. be safe driving, man. Be safe. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll uh, we'll do some uh, when you when you get back in town, we'll get together have some drinks. Hey, I I love it. Let's do it. All right, see you later. Thanks, man. All right, man. Thank you, brother. Thanks.